It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The preseason is over for the Orlando Magic. They spent it exploring and developing this roster and figuring out just what its limits might be. It's time to wrap up a very successful, very fun preseason as we look ahead to Wednesday and the NBA season. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Indeed, Locked On Magic. Today is October 15th, 2022. My name is Philip Ross. I am the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic finished their preseason with a 114-108 victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll break down what the Magic did in experimenting this preseason and the way they have expanded their roster to try and take advantage of all the great things about it. We'll go over the box score and go over the uh, final cuts that the Magic have made, uh, including one that is a little heartbreaking, um, unfortunately. Um, but we'll go over the Magic, uh, cutting that roster down to their final uh, 17 um, as we get ready for the regular season to begin. Before we do that, though, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you want to look at this preseason, um, I really think you should look at it as one great experiment. Uh, this, this, this preseason has really been about, yes, layering down foundations. Yes, uh, setting what this team wants to be about, not just for this year, but for the well beyond 
Um, it, 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 it's about, it was about all of these things. Um, and, and, and the Magic did some really good things offensively. They did some really good things defensively. They still have a lot of areas where they need to learn and grow. Um, so the work is obviously not done. But by that same token, um, this preseason was also really about figuring out how to expand this offense or expand this team and, and, and improve as a team. This, this preseason was about trying to figure out just what all of these players can do. The Magic on Friday night started the lineup that I think a lot of us in Magic fandom have kind of been curious about and dreaming about. You know, perhaps with Jonathan Isaac in, in there instead of Mobamba, but still very much the same kind of principle. We all wanted to see what life would look like if Franz Wagner played the two. And so the Magic started Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, uh, Paolo Bancaro, w- uh, Wendell Carter, and Mo Bamba in, on Friday in their final preseason game. And, and, and I said this before when, when that lineup was announced. It's, it's, it's not about whether this lineup succeeds or fails. And, and, and the results were mixed. First stint, they did very well. I think they scored 15 point, or 16 points and 14 possessions. Um, in their second stint at the end of the second quarter, it was like 7 points and 8 possessions. So... Very, very mixed, and 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 there there are concerns with spacing and how the Cavs defended them. That would say, okay, maybe this isn't the best lineup. But the whole point is to experiment. At this stage of the preseason, the Magic should be testing and trying everything because if this team is truly positionless and versatile, like they all say, then they have to be willing to try it all. They have to be willing to do anything. Or be willing to play their players anywhere. And to me, this lineup was A, just something fun to see and to try and test out. But B, it was a lineup that forced a lot of Magic players to play roles that they'll play in spots throughout the course of the season. And just to see how it looks. Just to see how much players' games can expand. For much of this preseason, for instance, Cole Anthony has not played point guard. He might have been the smallest player on the floor. He might have been the point guard. But Cole Anthony was not the one initiating offense. He was not the one kind of generating the, the, the push for the Magic. And, and, and that may very well change once the regular season begins. I'm not, I, I, I don't know what the Magic's ultimate plans will be. But the Magic wanted to put the ball in Franz Wagner's hands. And it didn't matter who else was on the floor... Franz Wagner was going to be the initiator. And that's exactly how the Magic played, not just in this game Friday, but throughout the entire preseason. This, this, this whole effort was an experiment to see how much Franz Wagner could handle. And sure, the Cavs picked up some full court. They put some pressure on him. The Magic got to see a little bit of that. And, and he struggled maybe a little bit with that. But there was really, you know... There's some poor shooting in this game, but but there there was really no discernible difference between Franz Wagner bringing the ball up and initiating offense and anyone else. Let's get let's let's make this really really clear. If preseason is an indication of anything, Orlando is going to put the ball in Franz Wagner's hands and trust his decision making. 
This is a massive expansion of his role. And while it may not result in the shots that everyone wants to see Franz Wagner take, he is going to be a central figure in this offense. The Magic are going to use him almost exactly like the same thing going to use Tito Turkoglu, except I think Franz might be a better overall scorer than, than Turk was. Um, that's meant as a compliment um, to both. But, um, but that's part of the experimenting the Magic wanted. Orlando's offense is very much going to be an inversion of everything you think about. It's going to be Franz Wagner running the point. It's going to be Paolo Bancaro running pick and roll and cutting along the baseline. It's going to be Cole Anthony, Terrence Ross, Jalen Suggs. It's going to be guards setting screens for bigs to free them up and to get their movement going. This Magic offense is complex. It's read-based. But there are actions and principles that the Magic have to try and time their cuts, to try and get motion off the ball to occupy the defense and create the space they need. And then sometimes Franz Wagner just needs to cross uh, Chetty Osmond over into oblivion, as he did early in the game. Um, this is really the experimenting the Magic wanted to do this preseason. And in this in this sense, not just that the Magic went 4-1 and with a 114-108 win, over the Cavaliers. We'll talk about the end of that game uh, a little bit more toward the end, um, or toward the end of the show. Um, but this preseason was a success because we could see how expansive this Magic team's game can be. We could see the versatility that this Magic team has talked about for so, so, so long. We could see it all play out on the floor. About how they really might be positionless. How they really do have at least two six foot ten guys and and Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro who can attack off the dribble, run pick and rolls, and and coordinate an offense. They didn't do it as much with Paolo, but point Paolo is a thing that they've tried periodically. This is a really interesting team because of that inversion and because Defenses are going to have to find a way to deal with it. Now, who's to say what from preseason will carry over to the regular season? Um, that's the that's the unfortunately difficult part. We don't really know how much this how much how this Magic team is going to play because this preseason was about testing things out. Each game, it felt they were testing out something specific or trying out something specific, trying to see what might work when the games start. And the mystery then will be Wednesday what this team looks like when the games start. When they have XYZ going for them. When they have everything. It's a real question. I'm not going to sit here and lie. It's, it's a real question. But we will see exactly what this team does. And if the preseason is any indication... There will be some experimenting to go. There will be some funky things the Magic try. But what the Magic learned in preseason was just how much this team can expand and how much this team can do. It was a very, very successful... Honestly, I will say this. Beyond the Magic going 4-1, and one, which I think is a huge deal, which I think is a bigger deal than, than people probably are thinking right now, this was one of the most successful... Um, an interesting preseasons I've seen from the Magic in a very long time. 
the amount of buy-in, the amount of connection, the amount of things they tried that seemed to work. I, I don't know if the Magic are going to be playing tournament good. Um, you know, I, I don't know where they'll ultimately end up. But if preseason is any indication, I do think the Magic are due for a better season than people believe. So it it might be time to get a little bit excited, just just, just a little bit, um, as we get ready for Wednesday's game. We're going to go over the final box score, the final preseason game, talk a little bit about the end of the game at the end of the show as well, including some of the unfortunate cuts the Magic made this morning. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. With college football coming today, the NFL tomorrow, it's your last chance to get in on the NFL action before your life is consumed by the NBA. Sorry, football, it's, it's, it's time to move over. It's basketball season again. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. Whether it's a college game with Florida playing LSU tonight, or the Bucks taking on the Steelers tomorrow. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Plus, they got over-unders for Paolo Bancaro's stat line, as well as Rookie of the Year and Most Improved Player Odds. You can get your bets on the Magic now, because like I said, it's a good preseason for the Orlando Magic. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Let's all roll through the final box score of the final preseason game for the Orlando Magic. Like I said, you take preseason stats with a grain of salt, but just watching this team play, um, this uh, watching this team play, there is a lot to like. Um, I, I will say that there is a lot to like. Um, a, let's just start here. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to more of this at the end of the show. But I love the way this team fights. Um, just 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 thinking about the bigger picture of things. Orlando said they didn't want uh, mistakes to snowball, mistakes to become more mistakes, to, to kind of to grow and expand. And I will say this, um, the Magic, especially in this game, made mistakes. They made mistakes against Memphis on Tuesday. They made plenty of mistakes against San Antonio. They made plenty of mistakes against Dallas. The team generally, and especially as this preseason progressed, 
seem to get better at limiting those mistakes, at containing those mistakes to maybe one or two instances before fighting their way back into the game. Um, that is a huge step for, step of growth. If that could carry over into the regular season consistently, they're going to accomplish one of their goals and be more competitive in these games. Um, you didn't see these, like, you know, the Dallas game maybe a little bit, um, but you didn't see these long stretches where the team just stunk. You know, Memphis, I, I, I kind of throw that first Memphis game out just because the Magic probably weren't ready for a preseason game at that point. Um, the Dallas game, you know, Luka, Luka went off on them. Um, but for the most part, the Magic did a really good job of cordoning off mistakes or cordoning off uh, rough stretches of play to a couple of minutes, a couple of possessions. Nothing crazy. And so I, I do think there's a lot to be proud of here. And, and that's largely what happened in this Cleveland game. I mean, it was a back-and-forth game. Um, both teams had their moments in the sun. Orlando was in control for most of it. Uh, the Cavs did race ahead in the third quarter, but it, it never really got out of hand. The largest lead in the game for the Magic was 10. The largest lead for the Cavaliers was 7. Um, you know, I think last year's team, they had a 10-point lead early. There's 27 lead changes, 12 ties. I think last year's team, you know, regardless of preseason, last year's team would have let Cleveland take that seven-point lead and expand it. Um, I, I don't think the Magic would have held on in a game like this, especially in a game where all the Magic starters had a negative plus-minus, um, largely third-quarter stuff, but um, it, it was a difficult game. And, you know, again, we were all excited. The, the Franz Wagner at the two lineup was interesting, but the results were very, very mixed. Um, you know, I don't think that this is a lineup we will see on opening night, but it was a lineup worth trying. So you take some of that experimenting into account when you talk about this team. Let's go through some some final numbers here. Paolo Bancaro, 17 points, 6 for 12 shooting, 1 for 3 from beyond the arc, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, just 1 turnover. 3 fouls, all, 3 of them picked, very, very, picked up very, very early though. Um, Paolo Bancaro looks very, very comfortable. Um, you know, I, I know there's a, a, a healthy obsession uh, with the first overall pick, as, as there probably should be. Um, but I would just say he has looked more and more comfortable each game of the preseason. Um, he scored 17 points in this game, but I wouldn't say he was super active in doing that or looking for the ball. Yeah, he had that really nice step back uh, jumper in the, in, the, in the late first quarter, early second quarter, um, which shows just how good he could be. But I really don't think Paolo is imposing himself on the game yet. I, I honestly, like, I think one of the problems the Magic had, they had 15 turnovers in this game, but it certainly felt a whole lot more. So you bring that, those turnovers down, which is nice. But um, one thing that I really like about the way Paolo plays or, or, or is he's, he's really playing within the offense. He's finding his shots within the offense. He's not forcing action. And honestly, I think one of the Magic, one of his problems and one of the Magic's problems in this game is they overpassed. The Magic had 23 assists on 39 field goal attempts. The assist numbers are good. But I think a lot of their struggles shooting-wise, especially early in the game, was because they were trying to make either a complex pass where they needed a simple pass, or they were frankly giving up you know, decent looks for tougher looks because they're just conscious of trying to pass the ball, of trying to get each other involved. Um, I, honestly, this isn't just a Paolo thing, but... I'll use Paolo as the example because he's a rookie. And, and I feel like when I watch him play, he's trying to fit in. And that's great. You know, he's got to fit in. But I also think Paolo's given up good shot opportunities for himself in this effort to fit in. And, and I do think 
someone is, you know, he'll review the tape, and, and I'm sure this will be pointed out to him. Someone's got to go up to him and say, hey, take the shot. Take that shot. Take that shot. Do not worry. Your teammates are behind you. They know you're a passer. And honestly, I would say this. Like, when that mindset changed for Paolo a little bit, and it happened a few times in this game, when the mindset changes for Paolo where he's driving to score, the opportunities for passing open up. Um, there's a play in the second quarter. Paolo, uh, Paolo did a drive for a nice layup. It was a really, really nice play, a really, really tough layup that he made. And the next time he got to that pick and roll, he drove down the middle of the lane with aggression. The defense collapsed around him, and he fired a really nice one-handed pass to Wendell Carter under the basket for a dunk. Driving with the intent to score is not a selfish thing if you're, if you're good enough to read the defense and pass the ball. Paolo Bancaro is going to find very, very quickly that he is good enough to do a lot of different things. He is very, very, very good. Um, you know, he may, not have, he may not have the aggression ratchet up to 11 yet, but he's going to find his space on the floor. He's going to have big assist games. He's gonna, I, I'll say right here. I think the Magic will have, I think the Magic will probably have two, maybe three guys, maybe even four. They have four guys who potentially could get triple doubles. Let's, let's, let's leave it at that. Um, Paolo, Wendell, Franz, and, and probably Markel are all capable of getting triple doubles. But for, but for all four of them, they're only able to do that if they are aggressive. If the defense is collapsing and thinking, oh, oh boy, Paolo Bancaro is driving down the lane. We need to collapse and decrease his space. That's what opens up passing lanes. You can't be driving with the intent to pass because then the defense can sit on it. If you're driving with the intent to score with an aggressive mindset, that changes everything. And, 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 and I think that's where Paolo is right now. Is, is he's still trying to fit in, trying to be a good teammate. He knows he's a rookie. He's not trying to step on any toes. The Magic just need to keep encouraging him to shoot and keep showing him opportunities for him to score, um, and, and he will get a whole lot better. Again, he scored 17 points, led the team in scoring, did not feel like that. I, I will be perfectly honest. It did not feel like he was that dominant of a scorer. Um, it, he just kind of was. Uh, Got to give uh, special props to Cole Anthony. 14 points, 4 for 7 shooting. Did not take a 3-pointer in this game. Um, three turnovers for him. Uh, Cole's had a really up-and-down uh, preseason. Uh, I am less worried about him because he's a little bit more of a veteran. I think he knows how to get himself ready and how and, and how to be ready. Um, I would say... I Actually, I was really impressed with Cole Anthony's preseason, um, to be perfectly honest. I thought, more than anyone else, he was quick with his decisions. And they may not have always been the right decisions, especially decisions to shoot. Um, but his decision-making was really, really quick. And, and, and if there's a player that that symbolizes the Magic's overall uh, kind of philosophy offensively, um, it's got to be Cole Anthony uh, I, and, and what he tried to do this game. Um, I, was, I was very, very impressed with Cole Anthony. And I know the numbers don't suggest that and don't suggest that he was that great. Um, but I, I really loved how Cole Anthony played. Um, you know, yeah, the shot selection will get better, but generally I didn't hate the shots he took. He just, he missed a bunch of threes. Um, you know, there's maybe a few wild floaters in there, but he's aggressive getting downhill. He's making quick choices. He's not slowing the, slowing the game down. And honestly, his passing was as good as anyone else's. He understood how quickly you have to make that pass uh, to, to get that guy open in the corner to, to ring that bell. And so uh, I, I really liked what Cole Anthony did this preseason. And, and this was a solid game for him. He had some nice dribble pull-ups, um, did a good job, you know, Get eating the eating the the or attacking the rotation when when they try to close out on him on the three point line, 
hit a, hit a, hit a couple of nice mid-range jumpers. So the, Cole Anthony's got to have a really good role on this team. I think he's going to have a really, really good season. Um, struggles this today for Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter. Franz was just 4 for 12, 1 for 6 from deep for 13 points. Wendell Carter, 2 for 7, shooting 7 points, 7 rebounds. Um, just... Just kind of a rough shooting nights for them, um, you know. Again, it's it's preseason, so I I don't I won't be too concerned at this point. Um, they were still pretty solid uh, everywhere else and doing the thoughts that you want them to do. Franz on the ball, probably taking uh, some wilder shots, attacking the basket, uh, you know, absorbing a lot of the pressure. Um, I, I don't think the Magic want point Franz all the time, but they will run Franz as the main initiator a lot this year, and so I think that's going to be part of an adjustment that he has to make this season. The Orlando Magic shoot 43.8% from the floor. We're going to get to the bench. Don't worry. Um, 12 for 39 from beyond the arc. So, again, the three-point percentage probably isn't where it needs to be yet. The attempts are there. Um, they just got to got to make them. Um, 24 for 31 from the foul line. 17 offensive rebounds for 21 second-chance points. A big reason why. The Magic were able to stay in the lead throughout this one. Both teams do a good job with turnovers. 15 for Orlando. 14 for Cleveland. The Cavaliers led in scoring. By Karis LeVert with 15, or by Isaac Okoro with 17 points. Karis LeVert with 15. Evan Mobley in his first preseason game plays 16 and a half minutes, scores eight points for the Cavaliers. The Orlando Magic win 114 to 108. We're going to talk about some of the end of, end of the bench guys and how the Magic pulled out the victory. Plus, say goodbye to a, 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 a good friend here in Orlando and someone that we are going to dearly miss um, on the Orlando Magic this season. We'll say we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up the preseason coming up here in just a moment. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It being the final preseason game, um, I really expected and, and proved to be true that uh, that we would see a lot of the end of the bench guys play in, in this one, and, and especially closing the game. Um, we we haven't seen a lot of Kevon Harris. We haven't seen. We didn't see any of Jay Scrub. We didn't see any of Simi Shitu. Um, we didn't see any of the Exhibit Ten guys play, which I thought was a, a little weird, but. Orlando got a good look at some of their end of the bench guys in the fourth quarter, and 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 frankly, they did a really good job pulling out and winning this game. Orlando Orlando led uh, by two points entering the fourth quarter and, and really entered a back and forth quarter uh, to to close this one out. And so guys like Caleb Houston, guys like Kevon Harris, and, and frankly R.J. Hampton played exceptionally well in the fourth quarter to help the Magic get the win. 
Um, Caleb Houston had another fantastic game. 11 points, 4 for 6 shooting, 3 for 4 from deep. Guy is just a bucket. He makes he makes baskets and makes shots and makes some really tough threes. Um, you know, I, I think we knew this coming out of college. If Caleb Houston has his feet set, he is going to hit the shot. That's that's his strength. He is a feet set three point shooter, and, and he will hit those shots. He will hit he will hit the shot if he is given the space and the time to do it. So, a, a, a really nice showing for him. I was I was really really impressed with Caleb Houston as 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 always. Um, Kevon Harris got his first real minutes, and the dude was just all over the place, um, you know, and in a good way. Um, eight points, three for four shooting, made his only three-pointer. Um, he was just flying around the basket. He had a couple offensive rebounds. Uh, just If he made a mistake, he was busting his butt to the other end of the court to make up for it. His energy was infectious because he was just all over. He was just all over the place, able to get to the basket, um, you know, hit a three, just doing a lot of a lot of interesting things, just just mixing it up. Um, you, you could see why, A, he was so successful in Summer League because energy is just everything in Summer League. But you could also see why why uh, the Magic made him a two-way contract player and why he's someone that they wanted around and, and wanted to invest heavily in. Um, Kevon Harris was very, very good in this game. Um, where the Magic went all big in the, in the first quarter, they were all small in the fourth quarter. Admiral Schofield played center, uh, in the fourth quarter, and, and it was his only uh, preseason minutes, but six points, two for three shooting, all three pointers, uh, two for three from beyond the arc. Um, just really tough game, and, and, and Admiral Schofield improving as a three-point shooter is, is a big piece of his puzzle, um, but he plays anywhere, and, and, and I thought did a really good job manning the glass and just kind of giving the Magic a little bit of a presence on the inside, and frankly, just doing his doing his job. I'm really, really impressive, but the guy who impressed me most uh, in the fourth quarter of this game as the Magic pulled this out was R.J. Hampton. Eight points, three for five shooting for him. Three blocks, two in that fourth quarter, two of them coming off his mistakes. Um, he turned the ball on one possession late in the game. The Magic were clinging to a lead. He turned the ball over. Cleveland starts a fast break. R.J. Hampton comes out of nowhere to block a shot. He recovers on his own mistake. Last year, I don't think R.J. Hampton does that. Last year, I don't think R.J. Hampton... Is able to is is able to make that kind of a recovery and able to uh, able to to stay in the play. I think he you know frankly mopes a little bit or you know just 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 lets that mistake compound. Um, RJ's had one of the most impressive preseasons of any player on the Magic. He's played under control. He's played with composure. Um, he looks like he really it, it really clicked for him and the game started to slow down and and that makes him. A really viable weapon and really viable player. Um, he understands his role a lot better. He understands when to decelerate in the paint, which is a huge deal for a lot of those speedy players. Um, it, everything really seems to have come together for RJ Hampton, and, and and this is like night and day from where he was in summer league, where he really struggled. We talked about how much he struggled in summer league, but he really found himself, and and I think he's a player the Magic can trust a little bit. To be on the floor a whole lot. The Magic have a lot of guys that they're, they're, this rotation is going to be rough because someone who is good and someone who has contributed is going to be left out. Um, unfortunately, I think that's that's just going to be the case. Um, but I, I really love what RJ Hampton did. He made a couple of big shots late. He made a bunch of big defensive plays late. He really made sure the Orlando Magic held on to this one, one fourteen uh, to one oh eight. We do have uh, a little bit of breaking news, though, um, here on this Saturday morning. Um, the Orlando Magic is expected to have waived Simi Shitu and 
Jay Scrub, they were signed to Exhibit 10 contracts. Um, they'll play with the Lakeland Magic. But unfortunately, the Magic did have another decision to make that they had to make by Monday um, as uh, the rosters have to be down to their 15 players and two two-way players. Orlando had 16 contracts uh, on their books. And so unfortunately, we did have to say goodbye to one player. And and, and, and it's it's a it's honestly a very, very tough one. Um, I think the writing was on the wall based on his play, um, uh, based on his usage in Summer League, not his play, because he still played very, very well. Um, but the Orlando Magic have waived Devin Kennedy. Um, Devin Kennedy uh, only played 12 minutes in this game, missed all four of his shots, all three of his three-pointers. That, that would not have mattered in the long run in this one. We know who Devin Kennedy is. We know what a great three-point shooter he is. More importantly, we know what a great person he is. Um, he arrived in Orlando, uh, played with the Lakeland Magic, won them a championship, came to the Orlando Magic uh, at a time when they you know, were trying a bunch of different guys out, stood out because of his shooting, stood out because of his personality, suffered a major knee injury. Uh, so, sorry, not knee injury. Suffered a major leg injury. Magic fans rallied behind him. He rallied, he rallied behind the Magic. The Magic organizationally rallied behind him. They brought him back, kept him in the Lakeland system, helped him rehab. He worked his way back up to the NBA and played exceptionally well last year. But more than that, like Devin Kennedy, I think, represents a lot of the culture the Magic are trying to build and a lot of the, 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 the family identity and the family spirit that this Magic team wants. Um, Kennedy just... He's a good dude. Um, you know, any I've had a few interactions with him online. Um, he's embraced Magic fandom as much as any as anything else. He's embraced uh, being in Orlando in, in, in huge ways. Um, and unfortunately, this is a business. There are only so many roster spots, uh, and and he was kind of the odd man out. And it, and it always kind of felt like that was going to be the case. Uh, throughout the course of the season, um, you know, it, it it's not a hard feeling saying hopefully, um, because, you know, I think ju- judging by what I've seen from responses to me when I when I put put the news up on Twitter, um, but, you know, this this is a guy who embraced everything about being in Orlando, embraced everything about this team and the Magic, um, and unfortunately, just he's a knocking on the door to the NBA, um, you know. I hope the Magic can keep him in Lakeland because I, I, I would love to keep him in the franchise's orbit just in case a roster spot does open up. But I also hope that he gets a roster spot somewhere, that he gets to an opportunity where he can play because this is one of the truly good dudes in the NBA. Um, I think the Magic are disappointed that this is the, the decision that had to be made. Um, you know, it's it's rough, but that's life in the NBA. That's, that's unfortunately the business. Um, and Devin is... One of the great dudes, um, you know, and he's you know you know he's gonna keep working. Um, you can check him out. You can still follow him. He he started his own pro- podcast, the Run Your Own Run Run Your Own Race podcast. Um, you know, talking to talking to a lot of guys around the NBA about their journeys as well. Um, definitely check him out there. And and you know, I don't no matter where Devin Kennedy ends up, Magic fans are always gonna be a fan. A De- always gonna be Devin Kennedy fans. Um, you know, again, he is. He is a culture guy. He's a locker room setting guy, and, and 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 he's going to make whatever team he's on better for him being there. So, uh, unfortunately, it, it, it's not going to happen here, at least not at this point. Um, but we want to wish our best of luck to Devin Kennedy as well. Um, you know, again, hopefully, he, you know, if he ends up in Lakeland, I, we'd love to keep him in our orbit, uh, keep him keep him in the family, keep him in the franchise. But 
that dude that dude is ready to go to the NBA. That dude is NBA ready, and he just needs an opportunity to, 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 to go out there and shine. That, unfortunately, is going to do it for us today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find find us find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, go check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022. It's a six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey all combining into one Ultimate NBA Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro NBA Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. That will do it for the preseason. Preseason's over. We look ahead now to opening night Wednesday in Detroit against the Detroit Pistons. We'll break down what the Magic can expect as the season begins coming up on Monday. Until then, for Orlando Magic Daily, Locked On Magic, this is Phil Frost Wright. We'll see you all again next time for another episode. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.